copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Captain Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 196. Be on the lookout for a man described as American, smooth shaven, about 5 feet 7 inches, 140 pounds. Wore a gray suit and cap, carried a blue steel automatic, a black briefcase. That's all. officers lies at the very root of every foul crime, the chapter of every criminal, as you have heard portrayed on each Calling All Cars program. We honor the officers involved for their unswerving allegiance to duty, their perseverance, and their forthright bravery under fire. Likewise, we take no little pride in the fact that Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline has been chosen to go with these officers on every hazardous crusade against crime. In fact, Rio Grande Crack powers more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment wherever this finer fuel is sold than any other brand. More than 30 leading cities and counties in California specify its use. And last year, powered exclusively with this qualified for emergency fuel, their emergency equipment set over more than 55 million miles of California highways. They selected Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline because they found it possessed of all the qualities which they demanded. All rolled into one. Trigger-like starters, machines on acceleration, long-range economical mileage, a wealth of reserve power, and greater speed. Enjoy police car performance in your own car. It costs no more. Drive into your nearest Rio Grande dealer tomorrow morning. If your tank gauge reads near zero, pull in tonight and say... Fill her up with Rio Grande Crack. I'm treating my car from now on to the gasoline that is the ruling favorite of those who drive the most. It is our privilege tonight to present Chief C.H. Kelly of the Pasadena Police Department. Chief Kelly. Tonight's story is one which caused a great deal of comment. And as a matter of fact, raised a question in the minds of some persons as to whether the officers in the case were justified in the actions which they took. Subsequent re- re- revelations, however, and the complete identification of the suspect in the case proved conclusively that he had determined to repeat a crime which in his own mind he had successfully com- consummated. Irrespective of his mental attitude, the man who contemplated the crime, which we hear dramatized tonight, certainly found that it did not pay. Some additional facts I will reserve for you at the end of the program. Money, money, money. That's all I ever hear from you. What do you do with the money I give you? The money you give me? Since we've been here, the amount of money you've given me has been too small to keep track of. All right. Start an argument. Let the neighbors in on it. Well, you didn't have to jump down my throat in the first place. I didn't jump down your throat. You know I haven't any money to give you. I've given you money every day this week. Barely enough to buy food every day. How do you think I'm going to pay the rent and the gas bill and the light bill and all the rest of it? How do I know? Pay them the same way you used to. We used to have enough money for whatever we wanted. 
till you started your fool gambling. All right, throw it up to me. I was gambling as much for your sake as for mine. After all, I'm no mind reader. How was I to know we'd lose money? I told you the proposition wasn't any good. But no, you wouldn't listen to me. You knew too much. You had to sell good property and buy orange trees in Oregon. How in the wide world you ever figured that Oregon was a better place to raise oranges than California is more than I can see? There's a lot you can't see. Among other things, you can't see that you're driving me to distraction with your eternal nagging about money, about bills, about orange trees. All right, I made a mistake. I lost $50,000. So what? What should be done about it now? Nothing to be done about that. But you're going to have to do something about the rent. No, here's $5. That's all I've got. See what you can do with it. But what are you going to do? You have to have lunch money. Never mind about me. I'll get along. I'll eat oranges. Oh, Harry. Why are we doing this? What's the use of adding to our troubles by fighting? Well, it wasn't my idea. I know. I'm sorry. I always seem to start things. But I've been so worried. I I'm... know it. You think it's easy for me, sitting here day after day, watching what little we have dwindle away, selling first one thing, then another, merely to get enough to eat on? Oh, I'm sick of it. Something will turn up, Harry. I know it will. Yes. What? Well, you'll find some way to get work, Harry. Things can't always stay this way. And in the meantime, what do we use for food? We should go on the loose. Not while I've got my health and strength. I won't do it. Well, other men have. Yes, other men have done a lot of things. But where did he get them? I'd rather do anything than go on relief. That's only false pride, Harry. Pride or not, that's the way I feel about it. In the meantime, what do we do? I don't know. I've tried everything I know, and I, I've seen everybody I know. Nothing seems to be open. If you only use some other line of business. But I don't. Real estate is all I know. And sometimes I doubt if I know so much about that. Well, that puts us right back where we started from, doesn't it? Practically. Have you seen see Mr. Beecher at the bank? Half a dozen times. There's always the same answer. No. Why not? No security. We still have the trees on the Oregon land. But the bank doesn't consider them worth anything. Besides, what if we did get a loan? How would we repay it? We're bound to get work here. Something has to turn up. Try to get Beecher to write that into a note. Well, I suppose Jolly won't do any good. Maybe not. But I'm going to get money enough to live on if I have to steal it. That would be a help. All we need is to have you in jail. At least I'd know where my next meal was coming from. I don't exactly see where I'd come in on that. Oh, well, forget it. We're only a gag. I think I'll run downtown for a while. Any place in particular? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I can find somebody I haven't borrowed money from. Will you be gone now? Yeah, if I get a lead on a job, I might be out quite late. Don't wait for me. I'm not back by five. All right. Try not to worry, dear. Thomas? That's like asking it not to rain when it's always Thomas. You've both got to be more careful, Harry. I know. After all, it, it doesn't do any good to go around with your inside killing. You sort of let this depression get you down, and you know you mustn't. That's easier said than done. Oh, I know it. But you aren't, Nick. We withstood lots of things that were tougher than this. All right, Pollyanna. We'll see what can be done about the more abundant life. Oh, that's better. Not mine. Oh, rubbish. Come on. Smile. Bigger. Come on, bigger. That's mm. better. You wouldn't fit me, would you, lady? No, not, Harry. No. At 8.30 on a crisp, cold morning in March, manager George Beachman met himself into the Colorado Mental Branch of the Bank of America in Pasadena. As he turned from the door, he found himself looking into the muzzle of an automatic pistol held in the hand of a cool, calculating masked bandit. 
Just keep going the way you were, and you won't get hurt. Be careful with that gun. It might go off. Not unless you try to get funny. What are you going to do? I'm going to tie you up until Joe Cap gets here. Hey, who are you? Wouldn't you like to know? You seem to know Joe pretty well. Almost as well as I do you, George. Come on, get going. This is okay. Right here. Sit down. Hey, that, that wire's too tight. You'll get used to it. Let's have your hands. Put them behind you. Haven't I seen you somewhere before? I wouldn't be surprised. I've been there. <laughs> Must have been two other fellows. Be quiet. This is Cap. All right, Cap. Just put up your hands and come on in. Who are you? You and George ask the most original questions. Is this a stick-up? How did you get it? Well, you've got a gun in the And I'll use the gun if you don't. Do as you're told. Sit down. Okay. Put your hands behind us. Not the tight. Who's doing this? Yeah, but that wire's cutting my wrist. That's all right. You won't be here long. You're not going to shoot us. You never can tell. I might get nervous. Now, take your feet out. Be careful myself. I'll send you a new pair. You're thinking of going somewhere? Yes. Just as soon as I get your keys and get into that boat. The alarm is off by now. Now, Mr. Dietrich, will come with me. After I untie you, we'll get to this money business. I don't know who you are, fellow, but I'll know you if I ever see you again. Well, we'll see about that, too. I'll be back someday. And I'll call a cop if you do. You wouldn't want me to hurt a cop, would you? That's your affair. Calmly, the bandit scooped up some $4,000 in small bills. Ignoring the larger and recorded denominations as well as negotiable bonds. He retied the manager and smiling broadly sauntered out of the bank. Other employees of the bank arriving for their day's work discovered the trust manager and the teller. Frantic telephone calls brought police investigators to the bank. Hey, the man was in the bank when you came in this morning? Yes, he was standing right inside the door. Well, how do you think he got in? Uh, you've got me there. Look, Rourke, up there. I think that's your answer. A trap door in the ceiling. Hmm. What does that lead to, Mr. Deesler? Uh, to the attic. And then to the roof. That's it, Norton. Let's work backward and see where this baby came from. Got a ladder around here? You, you won't need one. There's a stairway in the back of the building. There's a padlock on the door. Got the key? Oh, yes. Well, let's be getting up there, then. It's been a long time since anyone's been up here. Looks to me like somebody was up here last night. I mean, uh, anybody connected with the bank. Mm. There we are. Dark enough in here. Where's the flashlight, Norton? In the car. That's a good place for it. Why don't you use your own? You've got it in your coat pocket. Huh? Oh. There's something on the floor over there. Wait a minute. It looks like blood on some of these cigarettes. Now, come to think about it, the fellow did have a cut on his hand. The right hand, I believe. Hey, Mr. Deepers, you say you tied these two fellows up with wires? Yes. Well, there's a coil of wires from Tim Smith. It's a rope and a hammer. Here's a crowbar. If he used to get the trap door, I'll be able to get enough fingerprints off this stuff. Not a good battle, though. The bird hasn't got a record. Apparently, he got into that hatch cover from the roof there. Hey, Norton, give me a look. I'll look around up there. Okay. Up you go. Hey, steady. Yeah. You all set? Yeah. Come on. Give me your hand. Yeah. Hey. You little wicked yourself. Yeah. Where do you think our man came from? Uh, I bet money he came across from that two-story building over there. Looks like he might have crawled out of that little window. Must be a washroom. Look, here on the firewall, there's a footprint. Mm. That wall borders the air shaft. 
Unless there's a glass door down there. He wasn't trying to break in there. How do you account for that skylight being broken? I don't. Look, something on the floor down there. Looks like a pencil. A gold one. Yeah, there is. There's a pen, too. See it? I'm just over to the right of that box there. Yeah, we'll have to get him when we go down. Let's go over to that washroom. Providing we can do a catwalk on this firewall. Hold up, artist, did it? Why can't we? Well, I still don't like the idea of falling through that skylight. Uh, come on, let's try it anyway. How are you coming? Okay. Yeah, that's that. Let's see you do it. All right. Watch yourself. That's going hard. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Now, the wall there, what do we do? Crawl through that window and see what's inside. You sure got a cat-like disposition this morning. It's probably my awakened sleuthing instinct. Yes, any. Now, here's a footprint on the windowsill. Undoubtedly, our photographer will have hysterics when he starts in on this case. Not if you keep putting your big hand all over every available print. Hmm. Look here. Broken gin bottle. Strikes me that a good idea would be to get that pen and pencil from the cigar store downstairs and go back to headquarters and do a little checking on fingerprints and such things. Good idea. Let's do it. Let's tabulate our findings today. I don't relish the task, huh? There's one crowbar, obviously a cheap one, one hammer, one pair of tin snips, coil of wire, length of rope, gold pen and pencil, and the broken gin bottle with a stamp on it. Two stamps on it. Board of Equalization 26236 and a rubber stamp C300, which means less than nothing to me. And just for luck, let's check it with the board. Okay. By the way, here's a list of the money that bandit got in the bank. Let's see. Hmm. $4,000. One old $20 bill with two holes punched in the face. That's a cinch. Yeah, it's cinch. Look, let's stop wasting time tabulating. Start checking these tools. All right. Start with the place nearest to it. Let's telepath these numbers on the gin bottle and try to find out where it was sold. You do that. I've got a hunch we'll find the mate of this crowbar at Sears Robot. I bought one there like that once. In which case, let's check there first. Good morning. Time to find out if you handle this type of crowbar. Let's see it. Uh, yes, we have it. Oh, it did have. We're out right now. This one is new. Looks like it was bought only a few days ago. Is there a bare chance you'd remember it? Well, it's just a coincidence, of course. But I happen to remember that particular bar. You're sure of that? Why, yes. You see, there's a slight nick right here. We had, we'd laid it aside, intending to send it back to the factory. But a man came in and wanted to buy a short crowbar. I only had two, like the one he wanted. So I got one out of the rack and showed it to him. Was it like this one? Well, no. Uh, uh, he asked me about some gloves, and we went over to the count over there where the work gloves were displayed, and he laid down the bar. Did he buy any gloves? Well, no, he, he didn't like the ones we had down here. So we came over to the counter here. I noticed that he left the crowbar on the other counter. I was going over to get it, but he said the other bar was all right. Uh, that was this one. Oh, yes, uh, the one with the nick in it. Did you call his attention to the nick? Well, no, he said it was all right, so I sold it to him. Well, look. We found this bar in the attic of a bank that had just been held up. We want to show you some pictures of robbery suspects and see if you can identify the man. I'm sure I could if I saw him. He was about 45 or 50 years old. Well, and now, just take a look at these pictures and see if he's among them. Let me see. No. Nope. Not that one. Nope. 
No, that no. That looks a little. No, I guess it doesn't. No, I I don't think any of those pictures look like them. I'm sorry, That's but that's all right. Now, do you remember if this man bought anything else while he was here? Well, not for me, he didn't. Here's a piece of wire. Do you stock any like that? Mm, no, we don't. However, I think Montgomery Ward handles wire like that. How do you happen to know that? Well, I used to work there. Well, take a look at these pinsmiths. Do they sell those, too? Mm, I'm pretty sure they don't. Well, it's worth looking into anyway. Maybe you'd better take a run over there. Somebody there might have a better number. <laughs> for a piece of wire like this. Do you carry it? Yes, sir. Right over here. Uh, we don't want to buy any. We just want to know if you remember selling any of it in the last two or three days. Well, just a minute. I went back over my sales check. Mm. Let me see now. Oh, yeah. I sold 500 feet of it Monday, 3 feet on Tuesday, 3 10-foot pieces Tuesday afternoon, 40 feet of it Wednesday. Uh, uh, never mind, never mind. Just forget about the whole thing. Okay. You don't happen to remember anybody who bought any of this wire, do you? Oh, no. You see, I sold so much of it that I just couldn't possibly remember anything. Uh, maybe I anything. shouldn't have mentioned Pardon me. Just forget all about it, will you? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Goodbye. Say, are we going to trace all over Pasadena trying to find out who bought a piece of wire and some tin snip? Yes, if that's necessary to find out a better description of this bandit than we're able to get from those men at the bank. Just how do you think you're going to get that description? Sooner or later, I'll find somebody who'll remember seeing him. Granted. But where's the next stop? Well, I've got a hunch that we'll find that he bought the rope for the five and ten, which has the needle in the haystack gag backed off the map. See, that is it, man. That's our next stop. And this is the place to stop first. Here's one right here. Good morning, Miss. Good morning, sir. Can you tell me if you sell this kind of rope in this store? Yes, sir. I believe we do. The girl who takes care of that counter is out today. Perhaps I can find it for you. Okay, she will. Just a moment, please. I'll be right back. So far, next result, nothing. Oh, stop grumbling. Rome wasn't built in a day, you know. And we're not investigating that job. The department manager says that this is known as Home Ties Silver Twist Clothesline. It sells for 10 cents a bundle. That's about 25 feet. Hey, you wouldn't remember selling any of it, would you? No, sir. You see, that's out of my department. Yes, well, thanks for the information anyway. You're welcome, sir. Well, where to now? Well, let's go back and see if there's any news from Sacramento on those license stamp numbers on that gin bottle. Distributor in Los Angeles. It ought to be easy enough to find out who he sells to in Pasadena. Whereupon we start all over again, trying to get an identification. Oh, well, it's worth trying anyway. Let's call up the distributor. Sergeant, get me Granite 0456. Yeah. Los Angeles. Nope. Call me. Assuming that we get an identification of this man, how do you propose to find him? In Pasadena? It shouldn't be so hard. Maybe so. I have a hunch about this job. That is. I have a hunch that it's going temporarily into the unsolved file over my dead body. Yeah? Oh, fine. Hello? Detective Lieutenant O'Rourke. O'Rourke. Oh, never mind. This is the Pasadena Police Department. I'm trying to trace a liquor stamp that I understand is assigned to your firm. Yeah? It's C as in cat. 300? Yeah, C. 300. All right. I'll wait. 
Have to look in a book to find out who handled that shipment. Well, it turned out to be somebody in Southgate. Hello? Who? Safety Drug Company, 200 North Lake Street, Pasadena. Thanks. Well, that's the break there, Wait. Seems like a good time to visit the drugstore on Lake Street. We're in the police department. We're trying to trace a rubber stamped number. C-300. That's the number on a tin shipment from Los Angeles. Yeah, it's the number we always have on the liquor invoices. Stamped on the state license stamp, too. Oh, I realize that that's being a lot. But have you sold any of this last shipment to anyone in particular that you remember? The stream, I don't know whether I remember all of them. If you've only sold about half a dozen bottles, that's a particular lot. Now, look. Here's some pictures of suspects in that bank robbery job at Mentor in Colorado. Hmm. Recognize any of them? Yeah, let me see. No, I don't believe I ever saw any of them. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Come to think about it, the only man I distinctly remember was Mr. Linton. Yeah, he was in here just before we closed last night. You mean the Harry Linton who used to be president of the realty board here? That's right, that's the one. I hadn't seen him for quite a long time, but he came by and bought a bottle of gin and some cigarettes. What kind of cigarettes? Wings, I think. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. It couldn't have been Harry Linton who held up the bank. Respectable citizens like he is wouldn't be mixed up in a thing like this. I know that. Just happens that he's the only one I remember because I hadn't seen him around for a long time. I understand he's still living up around Santa Barbara somewhere. Didn't he go up to Oregon a year or so ago? That's the fellow. Mm-hmm. Bought an orange grove up there. Didn't do so well and moved back down to Santa Barbara. But he's still living up there. Yeah, I think he had a woman with him in his car. I noticed he drove away in a sedan and was parked out in front. Probably his wife or his mother, maybe. Mm-hmm. She lives close by or somewhere. Well, there's another suspect going. Nobody could ever call Harry a suspect. No, I guess not. Well, thanks for your help, old man. Quite welcome. We'll be looking somewhere else. Sure. Looks like your unsolved hunt was right, Bob. The case of the bank robbery of the branch bank at Mentoran, Colorado, and Pasadena was placed in the unsolved file. Occasionally, as criminals of various types were picked up, officers questioned them regarding the bank job, but always without result. Time after time, articles found at the scene of the crime were placed in front of suspects in the hope that some faint sign of recognition would enable the officers on the case to force a confession. But just as often, the exhibits were returned to the file, still unused as evidence. Innumerable checks were made of fingerprints taken to suspects and compared with those found in the bank, the washroom, and on the gin bottle. Always with the same result. The case remains unsolved. Did you ever see that crowbar before? No, I don't use no crowbars. I'm a yeg. I knock them open. I'll remember that. That's pen and pencil. Ever see it before? Why, of course not. I never carry such things. Oh, afraid to destroy your finger. Well, don't you talk that way to me. Ah, go on. Get out of here. You didn't by any chance get that scar on your hand by cutting yourself with a gin bottle? Nah, I got it from knocking a copper's teeth out. You want me to show you? Maybe I do. Now, wait a minute. Don't get sore. I was only kidding. Honest, I wasn't kidding. Is this the man who held up your bank last month? I don't think so. No, I, I'm sure he's not the man. This man is shorter. His hair is darker. Mr. Deepler, that's plenty. Well, I'll keep my eyes open, gentlemen. If I see the bandit, I'll let you know. Thanks. You'll do that. 
One quick day in January, months after the holdup, a customer enters a cleaning shop next door to the bank. Well, 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 well. Good morning, Grady, my boy. How's old man dressing today, eh? Oh, I'll get by. Has my suit ready yet? Yeah, I just finished dressing it. Okay, you mind if I change into it here? I'm on the way to lunch with a girlfriend. Oh, I'll go right back there. Yeah, what's on your mind, Grady, my boy? Keep looking out in the street. I'm watching a bird out front. He's been hanging around here for a couple of days. Looks suspicious to me. Oh, he's probably one of those movie guys. <laughs> They're going to shoot a picture here someday this week. So, <laughs> I hadn't heard about it. Well, I guess that's it. He keeps driving by in an old car, and then he'll walk past here and on by the bank. He's looking in the bank windows. I thought maybe he was that guy that held up the bank last year. Oh, bank bandits never come back to the scene of their crime. That's murderers you're thinking about. <laughs> you know, lightning never strikes twice the same place, Grady. Maybe not, but I ain't heard the criminals don't return. Well, maybe you've got something there, Grady, my boy, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I'm going back to the bank. Come on, Grady. So long. See you next week. Good morning, Mr. Beastler. Had any hold-ups lately? No, thanks, Lord. I spent too much time over at the police department trying to identify the last bandit we had in here. You no, know, I was just talking to Grady Grisham next door. He's been worrying about that fellow standing out there in the curb. <laughs> Says he's been around here for a day or two now. <laughs> right there, just outside the left window. Joe, come in with it. Yes, Mr. Beastler, what? Look, outside the window there. See that man? That's him. That's the one that held us up. Call the police. I'll watch it. Tell them to hurry. Uh-uh. Let me out of here. I don't want to be here if he comes in. No, you stay inside. There may be shooting. Mm. He might see you anyway. They're on the way. I've got a look in Norton. By accident. Now, you go on back to your desk. And act as if nothing had happened. Maybe you won't come in before the police get here. It's like it's taking them a long time to get here. Uh, what do you expect them to do? Fly? Well, I hope they don't come blowing that siren. It might scare him away. Well, I just as soon have them chase him somewhere else. <laughs> I hear a siren. Yeah. Maybe that bird isn't a bandit. He doesn't seem to mind the siren. Look, he sees the car. It stopped right in front of him. I hope he doesn't start shooting. Uh, why does he yell at the cops, huh? That's the man, officer. That man right there. He's running across the street. Stop him. Hey, you. Stop. I'll stop you if you come a step closer. Oh, yeah? I warned you. Let him have it, Where's it, Bob? You know him? They were tied up. It's Harry Lincoln. How did you travel to the scene of your vacation? By rail, by boat, or by airplane? Well, no matter which it was, the chances are you arrived at your destination safely and punctually because your traveling companion was Sinclair Motor Oil. Yes, it's true. No less than 150 airlines, flying fields, and airplane manufacturers. Great fleets of ships and 52 railway systems have thoughtfully assigned to these really superior lubricants the vitally important duty of getting there on time with a minimum of wear and tear on their respective motors. Officials of these companies have selected Sinclair Motor Oils after putting them to every conceivable test. The terrific heat and continuously high speed for hours on end under which ordinary oils give up the ghost. These finer lubricants do not break down. Sinclair motor oils are refined by a patented Sinclair process which eliminates those two highway robbers of motor efficiency, petroleum, jelly, and wax. If your vacation is still in the offing, or you're planning a weekend jaunt in your car, you will, of course, Sinclairize for safety before leaving. That's the experience of airlines, steamship, and railroad executives, together with millions of motorists in 45 nations of the world, be your guide. Before you set out on that vacation, treat your motor to a refill of Sinclair opening at only 25 cents a quart. 
The same Rio Grande dealer who gives your automobile police car performance with Rio Grande cracked gasoline will sincerize it for safety with a crankcase full of the smoother, tougher oil that everyone is talking about. Sinclair. And now again we hear C.H. Kelly of the Pasadena Police Department. Chief Kelly. Just did one of Pasadena's respected former citizens meet death at the hands of a police officer seeking to arrest an identified bank bandit. A death which the coroner's jury found to be justifiable homicide. Letters found on the dead man revealed a well-laid plan to commit suicide. Whether he had intended doing this if his planned hold-up should fail, or whether he tricked the officers into carrying out his scheme, no one will ever know. It is sufficient to know that his crime did not pay. Thank you, Chief Kelly. the police calling all cars, attention all cars, cancellation broadcast 196 regarding a bank robbery. Suspect in this case shot by officers while resisting arrest. And that's all. This is the narrator, Fred Whitman, playing, bidding you good night for Rio Grande.